It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources with you all the way till 3 o'clock when we'll hand the mic off to the great Jeff Kaplan, who will get you home safe and smart as always. And remember, it is primary election day here in the state of Utah. You have until 8 p.m. tonight to get your ballot in. And I've been saying this all afternoon, just a reminder, if your ballot is sitting on your kitchen table, you can fill it out at your kitchen table, but do not repeat, do not put it in your mailbox. You need to take it in to a polling location. It has to be turned in at a polling location today. You can't send it in the mail today. It will not count. Uh, it had to be postmarked yesterday. So uh, get it into a polling location. And as always, these municipal primary elections, every vote matters. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows how the Salt Lake mayor's race is going to turn out. Uh, some interesting uh, polling came out. Uh, but again, polling is always hard. It's more difficult than ever before because of cell phones and people aren't at landlines and sitting at home at six o'clock for dinner uh, waiting for a pollster to call. Uh, you also have the fact that it is summer. It is one week until school starts. A lot of people are sneaking in a last uh, family trip or family reunion. And so really hard to get good, solid polling in terms of uh, what's really going on. So I think the, the races are wide open, especially the Salt Lake Mayor's race. And it's going to come down to who's organized and who shows up. Uh, we know only 22 percent of the votes had been cast uh, by mail. So that's a, a very small number. So every vote matters and uh, just one more reminder that these local elections impact your daily life more than anything, more than the uh, vote for president of the United States, even more than statewide office. It is the local races, the mayor's races, the the municipal uh, elections and, and votes. Uh, all of those are real critical because they're closest to you. And you can impact them, you can influence them, and you can hold them accountable. If you don't like what's happening locally... Now's your chance to weigh in and uh, make a change. And that's all of our duty and responsibility to get out there and vote today. And uh, we'll keep you posted and uh, stay tuned all evening long for any updates on the outcomes of those races as they uh, start to be called as the, the night rolls on. All right. I uh, want to do a little bit of national politics today. We haven't really talked uh, a whole lot about the uh, what's going on on the national races and the uh, candidates for the Democratic nomination for president, the clock is ticking there. Uh, they know they've got just a couple of weeks until Labor Day, and then they've got a couple of weeks after Labor Day until their next uh, big debate. Right now, there are nine candidates who have qualified for the debate in Houston, Texas. And there's a few that are close uh, that might sneak in. So you may end up with very cr- a very crowded stage. You're only going to do one night this round. Uh, it will be interesting to see if the Democratic National Committee decides to change that at all, because it is possible. It is possible you could end up with 10 or 12 candidates 
qualified for that. And then they really haven't changed the dynamic in terms of a, uh, of a debate. If you've got 10 or 12, that's uh, that's tough to really move through and narrow down. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, the Democratic National uh, Committee does in terms of those rules, if they continue to change and modify those. Uh, but all of the candidates recognize they got to they got to make some hay. They got to get some things done over the next 28 days uh, to really move the needle. And so we've seen some interesting things start to happen. Uh, Julian Castro came out with a new TV ad that will actually air on Fox News uh, and uh, in the market where President Trump is vacationing, which is just a really interesting use of campaign funds and campaign strategy. But he definitely got himself some attention. Listen to what he said. President Trump, you referred to countries as shitholes. You urged American congresswomen to go back to where they came from. You called immigrants rapists. As we saw in El Paso, Americans were killed because you stoked the fire of racists. Innocent people were shot down because they looked different from you. Because they looked like me. They looked like my family. Words have consequences. Chavasta. I'm Julian Castro, and I approve this message. Okay, that's a uh, that is a scorcher or uh, an eyebrow singer, I think is what we call that one. Uh, going after the president very specifically, and and I think not even appropriately, uh, in terms of these other mass shootings and and what the responsibility is there. But obviously, he is trying to change the dynamic and raise his profile in terms of being a significant voice in this debate. And so he's investing some interesting money. He's trying to pick a fight with the president. It'll be interesting to see if the president responds. I think that's actually what uh, Julian Castro would prefer would be for the president to lash out on Twitter because that would actually raise uh, Mr. Castro's profile and get him some media attention uh, at a time when he's sort of drifting towards the bottom uh, and is going to struggle to make it much past uh, sep- mid-September. And so an interesting interesting call for him there. Um, let's see. Let's go to – let's actually go to Kamala Harris really quickly. Uh, Kamala Harris uh, said some interesting things in terms of kind of trying to rally folks in Iowa. She did a full-on bus tour of Iowa trying to get some momentum there. Here's what she said. So we will prosecute the case against four more years of Donald Trump – and turn the page, and then, because our campaign is more than that, and then it is incumbent on us to together write the next chapter. Let us write the next chapter and do that together. All right, so that's uh, Senator Kamala Harris uh, talking about what happens next. And so really interesting, her main strategy, highlight that she is a former prosecutor, former attorney general of the state of California. She's a senator. Uh, She's going to prosecute the case. But then notice what she did. This is your uh, political communication strategy moment of the day. She made a pivot. And she talked about that the campaign isn't just about prosecuting against the president. It's incumbent to write the next chapter. Let's write that chapter together. So she pivoted to the to what is next. Because as I always say, campaigns are not about what is or what was. They are always about what is next. And the more you can invite people to be part of what's next, the better off you're going to be. 
again, Senator Harris has not been able to parlay some pretty good media moments and social media moments. She's not been able to parlay those into real movement in terms of her campaign. Now, I want to spend our last uh, minute and a half here on what I think is the most courageous move uh, by any of the candidates, and it's one we should all applaud. This is Tulsi Gabbard. Stepping off of the campaign trail for a couple of weeks and uh, putting on my army uniform uh, to go on a joint uh, training exercise mission in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be doing a, a training exercise with the Indonesian military uh, focused on a few different things like counterterrorism, um, humanitarian aid and disaster response, and uh, joining my brothers and sisters from the Hawaii National Guard in doing so. I love our country. I love being able to serve our country in so many ways, including as a soldier. And so while some people are telling me, like, gosh, this is a terrible time to leave the campaign. Uh, Can't you find a way out of it? Um, You know, that's not what this is about. You know, Mm. I don't I'm not really thinking about how uh, this will impact my campaign. I'm looking forward to being able to fulfill my my service and my responsibility. All right. So that's uh, Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard uh, saying that she will suspend, not suspend. She's going to step off of the uh, campaign trail in her bid to become the Democratic nominee for president uh, so that she can take two weeks off and join her National Guard unit from Hawaii, the Hawaii National Guard that will be doing uh, exercises in Indonesia, counterterrorism, uh, dealing with humanitarian crises and uh, kudos to her for keeping everything in the right perspective. And while this is a horrible time for her to be off of the campaign trail, uh, again, these next 28 days are so critical to each of these Democratic candidates. Uh, for her to step off uh, is uh, is a noble thing. It's a courageous thing. And it's her duty. And I love the fact that she says, no, this is, this is not about anything else. This is what I signed up for. This is my duty. Uh, we need more of that in our uh, political and elected officials today. All right, we're going to step aside for another break. When we come back, we'll do a quick update on what's happening in Hong Kong uh, and other news around the world. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. We'll be back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.